Oh, come on. You know I was only putting you on about Frank Burns. Of course. But you have done some pretty bizarre things. Gee, I can't imagine why. I'm 12,000 miles away from home sewing together soldiers who aren't old enough to shave while a bunch of people I don't know keep dropping bombs on the building where I work, which has a big red cross painted on the roof. Maybe I should just hire a band and have the whole thing catered. Easy, Captain. We'll be leaving in the morning. That's an order. Hey, welcome back to Draining the Swamp. I'm Zach. I'm Max. At some point, I'm gonna need to get, like, a theme for this podcast that isn't a cutouts scene from, like, the second episode with all the sound effects in it. But it's so funky! I've, like, while I'm testing out all of, like, this soundboard stuff, I've started to get really used to it, though. Now I don't want to change it. Ugh. How was your Passover? Uh, well, I couldn't eat bread for a week, so that part sucked, but then... uh... What What are the other parts of it? No, that's kind of the main thing. <laughs> um, you know, usually I'd want to go to uh, Seder, you know, get together with some folks from my synagogue because I don't come from a practicing family. Um, but uh, I haven't wanted to do that for the past couple years for some reason. I can't imagine why. Yeah, mood just hasn't struck me. So, yeah, mostly just not eating bread or bread products I'm, for a week. I'm just glad that I have a Passover story this year. Oh, is that so? It's my, it's my first one. I went to get my girlfriend a churro, and it turns out the place didn't have any churros that day, and I felt so bad with leave, from like at the thought of leaving without buying anything and only walking in to say, do you have churros, that I bought two beef tacos. Never ate them. They're still in the bag over there. Is that so? If... Here's what me and Maxie's relationship is like, is... Is you'll buy food and then not eat it for a day and a half, and I'll be like, oh shit, you got two beef tacos? Yeah, and I'd say, yeah, if you want a day and a half old beef tacos, and then I look on in horror. Uh, When I was a kid one time, older than I should have been, I was like 10 when I did this, uh, I once came across a playground where somebody had spilled a bunch of Sour Patch watermelons on the... uh, like recycled rubber mat thing and i was Mm -hmm. like it's probably more sanitary than wood chips and it is free candy i can't think of anything worse than one of those gym mats two of those gym mats was it worth it was it worth it oh yeah dude sour patch watermelons are great (laughs) that was the day i learned hey watermelon candy is good even if i don't like real watermelon Fancy that. Oh, yeah, let me just uh, tell you if the audio keeps sounding different in these episodes, it's because we keep trying different things. Uh, Right now, we have probably the most untenable one, (laughs) (laughs) which is that I'm in a comfortable chair and Maxie's in an ottoman where she can't lean down. Or lean back, I should say. No, it's fine. I'll just develop scoliosis uh, over the course of 11 seasons. It's just... (laughs) Oh, I feel like I need to get a stool in here just for, like, solidarity. <laughs> Great, we can both suffer. That's what MASH is all about. <laughs> you know, you're kind of not wrong. Anyway, so yeah, we watched a couple episodes of MASH, and uh, you were you were saying that there seems to be a theme developing. Yeah, the first episode we watch is always like, okay, yeah, this is pretty good, you know, a little weird energy in places, but this is a, this is a funny ep, and then... 
it just goes full tilt into some completely and, and then, unhinged shit. And then the second episode, I have to put a content warning in the description of the episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's just like get into it. So uh, season one, episode six, Yankee Doodle Doctor. Uh, let's see, in this episode, uh, no one knows what a documentary is. We have our third general in six episodes. I don't know where they keep coming from. Probably uh, from America. And Ugly John's influence is starting to be felt. <laughs> I forget if it made the final cut of last episode where we discussed Ugly John, the Australian, and how he does have the same name as his actor, John. <laughs> I, which... keep, I keep forgetting if we have mentioned that or not. Because, I, I, like, I... Uh... Wow, what the hell was I going to say, man? That's how it is sometimes. So true. Anyway, so like the this episode is first off, I this is probably my favorite episode that we've seen so far. Really? Yeah, I really liked it. Anyway, uh so it it opens with um this this general in a jeep. Um Do you know the origins of the word jeep? Uh it was general purpose GP, right? Yeah, but there's also well, Oh right, there's also like a the, Popeye, the Popeye character. The little wish granting ocelot thing and that became like like I, I, that's like the urban legend right is like whether or not they named the jeep after the character or if it was a backronym afterwards like oh gp um anyway so this this uh general comes up in a jeep and starts giving like this very uh 50s style narration that you would see over like an educational video that you'd be shown in school even in the 2000s mm-hmm. because they just still showed that shit. Um, and it turns it, it zooms out. They're filming some sort of documentary um, on mass units in stationed in Korea. And and uh, the general says, you know, I got this friend Henry at the 4077th. If you want good doctors and a good documentary, go shoot there. Uh, and so that's the setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut to Hawk and Trap having their homo moment number eight uh is this the one where they're dancing or is that next episode uh no this is the one where they're dancing okay um this is how it was in the army you know took where you can get i thought that was the navy all the same shit well don't let them hear you say that Oh, listen, I grew up, uh, like I said, my, my dad was in the Air Force and my stepdad was in the Navy, so. <sighs> Don't get me started. Uh, so this comically invasive documentary crew comes in, right? And they're like, I say, yeah, I know it's a comedy show, but like I was actually getting pissed off at like these dumbass cameramen looking at like injured people coming in from the helicopter and being like, "Hey, can you smile? What the fuck are you doing?" I mean, they're making a propaganda film is part of it. Like, well, yes, they're... and that's and that's you know that's not a hidden uh, fact of the episode. Um, sort of the thrust of things once the documentary starts filming is Frank really wants to be the main viewpoint character, I guess, but nobody gives a shit about him, not even the director, so he's just like, now Hawkeye, he told me, like, three jokes, and one of them was okay, 
what if we made him the main guy? And Hawkeye's that, that, like... That's also what uh, Alan Alda's uh, audition was like for the role. And Hawkeye just thinks this is all bullshit, because in fairness, it is. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but he gets roped into it anyway, because Trap tells him that, well, if you say no, then he's just going to give it to Frank. Which also, I don't even think is true. You can find someone else in here that'll do it. Anyway. Um, yeah, give it to Klinger. So like, just make sure you get his good side. And, and, then, and then we cut again to them, like, doing uh, their documentary in the surgery room, and just, like, getting in the way in such a way that I'm, like, I'm getting, I'm getting anxiety there is a good uh, kind of slapstick bit goes on maybe a little long where uh, Radar and Henry are giving a presentation with like slides and I guess the glare is reflecting off Radar's glasses so oh, yeah. the director keeps being like okay put your head down but oh, keep, keep it up focus on the camera but put it down we don't want the glare again and again that scene just kind of peters out you think there would be like a big finish to that but no they just you know busting Radar's balls I guess um, I it's starting to really feel like there's not enough characters in this show. Have you noticed that? Elaborate on that. Do you think like it's just too thin on the ground, or they're like reusing when, characters too much? When they need to have a scene, they will populate it with characters in a very haphazard way, just with the characters we have available. Mm-hmm. And it it just doesn't seem like enough. I don't know. Like, you know what? I do think that comes into play next episode. Yeah, next cause... episode. There's a specific part that kind of made me make a note of it. But like, I don't know. I just think of like later seasons of this show in which you can make. It'll be easy to write an A plot of this episode where Klinger wants to be in the documentary and he's being all like rambunctious about it. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't actually see any of these other characters giving a shit um oh i forget what this note was that says starting to think it was actual gin on set (laughs) no i remember you saying that but i don't remember what it was about you know people people are weird on this show they were weird but also like the way they were given their line like maybe they were just acting drunk well but but yeah like most of the episode is just um hawkeye trying to avoid being associated with some good old war propaganda mm-hmm. uh he trapper and radar eventually you're like well let's just sabotage the film uh radar distracts the director while the other two just like kind of tear the film out of the canister and fuck with it i well, guess i mean th- that's all you needed to do yeah i guess it just it feels very um feels like a very blunt method uh anyway the important it, it, thing is that while radar is distracting the director uh, there is an exchange that goes something like, where was I? And Radar says, uh, you just married your high school teacher. Yes. And the director says, oh yeah, I wonder if she's still alive. You know, just a little glimpse. So, really paints a picture. Sometimes the deepest characters, you only get a glimpse of them, you know? That's so true. Man, I would have loved that guy to be on Twitter now. We would get a good day out of him. Oh my god, that reminds me of my favorite match game clip, which, honestly, I'm going to splice in right now. I'm going to put in the audio right now, so this is when I'm gonna... 
I was born here in Southern California, and when I remarried, I created kind of a problem because now my son is my stepson. He's married to his stepsister, and uh, my daughter. Oh, you think of that. He's my real son, and he's married to his stepsister now. And that's exactly the face that Gene Rayburn makes into the camera. <laughs> um, where the hell were we? Uh, we were just after they ruined the film. Uh, the guy's pissed off. He's leaving. He's like, you ruined my film. And Hawkeye's like, I don't think my acting was that bad. Because he still cannot turn it off. And he, I was about to say, yeah, he... he I said in the first episode, I think, would you want to work with Hawkeye? And I think the answer is increasingly no. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the, the long and short of it is the director bails. He's planning to reshoot at another MASH unit. Um, Henry is distraught for whatever reason. I'm starting... So, like, this is the episode that I was starting to like Henry a bit. Just because, like, I think how ineffectual of a leader he is is kind of charming just like there there's a scene where he's trying to quiet down a crowd and he's like clearly not working he's up at the front he's waving his arms he's he's trying to get someone's attention and then radar just stands up and says quiet and that does it mm-hmm. so the plan that hawkeye and trap come up with to fix their plan is they convince Henry to let them re-record the documentary themselves because I guess the camera crew is staying, even though the director's leaving? The director fucked off because he was like, you ruined my film, whatever, I'm out. And yeah, they they just, they go to Henry and he's like, we still have the camera crew here, right? And he's like, yeah. What? Uh, So the actual film they produce, they shoot it as... In homage to the Marx Brothers, and, like, this feels like it should be a way later bit, just because it, it feels weird for them to be going this early to the well of, like, you know, Alan Alda's performance as Hawkeye is kind of <laughs> reminiscent of uh, Groucho Marx, I mean, it, when you it, think about it. It didn't take us that long to pick up on that. I mean, no, but I feel like you want to let it marinate a bit yeah, imagine, before you go into self-parody. Imagine if we were, um, you know, five seasons in, and he's like, they finally did it. The out the uh, Groucho Marx bit. Then it would seem like there was a big buildup. When when honestly, I don't know. It, like it it was a good enough bit. I really liked. Did did the original Marx Brothers sketches have Harpo with the bicycle horn like that? I feel like he had a bicycle horn, but he definitely did not like honk it after every line the way the Trapper John is doing. I was actually kind of impressed with the live Foley on that there were some good timed honks Mm -hmm. when do you think bicycle horns went from the her to like the thing thing and do you think it was like five minutes after a guy heard the first one i never really considered that bicycles i never considered bicycle horns as actually being a thing that you would mount on a bicycle for practical purposes you know what i mean well what if you need to you know what's a car horn for yeah, but with the car horn, I think the idea is that, like, people can't hear you as easily. If you're on a bike, you, you can, can just, just like, like, yell, hey, 
I'm coming. <laughs> and I'm getting a, a pair of speakers, mounting them on my bicycle, and I'm playing that audio as my horn. I have a whole soundboard set up on the front. I'm turning left. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, like the the end up what ends up happening with Hawkeye, the Hawkeye cut, as we fans call it. Um, it it's being played to you know the the general and stuff like that, and everyone's loving it, but the general and like the Henry is like also uncomfortable because the general doesn't seem to like it. Um. Uh, and then Hawkeye flips his switch to Maldwin. Yes, yes, exactly. And uh, th- then he gives his whole like, has anyone considered war is bad? People die here. People die here. But but also it's like for a point because he's like, hey, you can't make a movie, you can't make this war documentary in a way that like valorizes why we're here. Right. Like you make you might be able to valorize what we're doing. But, the like, this was aired during the Vietnam War, right? Yes, it was very much a veiled commentary. Yes, like, this would have been a very topical episode at the time. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Hawkeye's, like, eventual gambit is that to make the first part of the film so foolish that the general would never want to take it back. And to only, like, have the second part. So, he, so Hawkeye got what he wanted that way. Uh, and I honestly... And really starting to like like the common element of Hawkeye playing 5D chess on higher ups and exploiting that the higher ups in the army are like so I can't think of any other word than army brained. Mm-hmm. Military brained, you could say. Um giving you two choices. You can either get the goofball Hawkeye that will make you look like a fool, or you can get the more serious one that is spitting truth, but maybe not the truths that you want, that you can spin that, uh, the way that the military propaganda normally can. Uh, and just like subverting their ability to do that. I, I don't know. I like it. I, I, uh, it's aspirational, let's say, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's only two other things I wanted to mention about the episode. One is, as you said, Ugly John's influence with everybody doing a shoey. Oh god, yeah, we forgot about the shoey. Uh, for those who don't know, a shoey is when you pour booze into a shoe and then Not you drink it out of the shoe. shoe. The shoe you are wearing at the time. Okay, and now in fairness, I think they're just pouring it into whoever's shoes in this case. It's not necessarily their own shoes. Not a true shoey. Uncle John. Uh, t- what? A- Uncle John? Ugly John. <laughs> better not have been there to see that. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is that this episode ends with uh, Trapper getting iced on a threesome. Right. I forgot about that part, too. He just really he really wants to fuck Hawkeye and also this girl that I guess Hawkeye is getting together with at the end for some I, reason. This this particular nurse has shown up a couple times. As is like, this Nurse Dish? No, Nurse Dish was like a like a blonde bombshell type. This this one's like a, a brunette. Hmm. Uh, and like I don't actually know who that is. 
Um, you know who did not show up in this episode is, uh, what was his real name? Oliver? Oh, yes. Oliver Hart. Uh, so yeah, that's the last time we'll ever say his name. Remember all the good moments we had with him? All his great lines? Like, I'm going back to sleep. (sighs) I hope he got paid well for his 15 minutes of shooting. I was about to say, since it's like the first episode, you think they might have thrown a little more money at like the pilot and stuff? But given how popular this show got, you know these actors were, like, getting bigger paychecks to stay on the show later. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, maybe he did miss out a bit. Um, season 1, Episode 7. Bananas, Crackers, and Nuts. Really just not trying with the title. In, uh, in this episode, Hawkeye eats a sandwich. He does get a sandwich. Trapper almost develops a personality. Uh, And an early bar is set for the most uncomfortable scene of the show. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get there. So the premise is basically, there have been an extremely busy several days at the 4077. Uh, Hawkeye's sandwich, he's... It's during surgery and he needs to eat, so the nurse feeds him one and it's like a little bit horny, maybe? Like Maybe I, I'm just projecting. No, no. Listen, if you think something in this show was maybe a little horny, it's probably because it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, I was going to say this last week, but, like, whenever they need, like, to open a scene or an episode on, like, they're really tired, they've been working a long time, the sessions just keep getting longer. In the first episode, I think they were like, damn, we pulled a 12-hour day. And then, then like, uh, a few episodes later, it's like, oh, 14 hours. And then, as far as, like, it seemed like they were working for, like, a week straight. I want the last episode of this show to be like, oh, we've been working for two years and 11 months without a break. Oh, we've been working for 11 seasons. (laughs) And the only breaks have been for wacky antics. Uh, there's no booze at the swamp, so... Yeah, yeah, so, like, while they were doing the surgery, uh, like, I guess it's part of Hawk and Trap's, like, uh, domestic life, yeah, uh, that whoever's got the time will refill the gin still, uh, and no one did that this time, because everyone was so busy, and Hawkeye's... We have, uh, our first, uh, domestic spat between Hawkeye and Trap about the gin. Mm Mm-hmm. Where are they getting these olives, anyway? Huh. Never considered that. Radar hooks him up. So, yeah, I guess, like, like it's it's set up early in this episode that Hawkeye's just gonna get some, like, alcohol withdrawal? But I don't actually think that goes anywhere for the rest of the episode. Yeah, no, he's it, just pissed he, about he's it. He's just testy, I guess. Um... And he's like, you know what, I'm so, I'm pissed off, I want to go to Tokyo, because I'm so pissed off. And he goes to Henry and says, we want to go to Tokyo, because we're pissed off. And Henry's like, sorry, I can't hear you, you're breaking up. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Frank's in charge. So, so, so yeah, I said last episode I was starting to like Henry. Fuck Henry, man. Fucking asshole boss. 
takes a vacation, leaves you in the lurch. So, Hawkeye... Like, like to be clear, oh, yeah, the, the scene is, like, they ask Henry for the weekend passes, and then Henry's like, sorry, boys, I have weekend passes. I'm gonna get my club, uh, golf clubs and go. And so now that they gotta convince Frank for the weekend passes because apparently he's the second one, he's the second highest ranked. Even though we had a whole fucking episode about how Hawkeye is chief surgeon, he's chief surgeon, but he's not chief administrator. I guess make Radar do it. He's the only one capable of doing it. That you know that would be a good idea, but also it would invalidate it, it, it the would, premise it, of like it, half it, these episodes. It would in, it, it would introduce no conflict. I understand. <laughs> Um, so Hawkeye decides to take a page out of um, Klinger's playbook, and he's just like, "Well, what if I just pretend I'm going insane in front of Frank, so he'll be concerned with me?" Which, which is, it's really weird the way they like introduce the scene because like Trapper is talking to Frank and Houlihan as if they care when Trap tells him like, "Hey, I'm worried about Hawkeye." Yeah, and when, and when Hawkeye shows up and bees weird at them they are like surprisingly respectful like that's what i'm saying like this this uh hawkeye and trap have no friends in camp other than girls they're fucking that episode and radar mm-hmm. so yeah when you when you need like an expository scene without hawkeye it's just kind of like it's traps left in in a desert and like none of his actions make sense um so hawkeye's plan to seem insane is step one treat a dog like it's a patient and step two pretend to be a cannibal i was really disappointed because i thought there was going to be a beat plot of this episode in which like someone's dog was sick and then they were... <laughs> well, that would have been a way better app but yeah uh he does act like a cannibal. Acts like he's eating a liver. A human liver. A human liver. From a North Korean, he says. Of which there was only one left. Uh, and then he's uh, acting like this whole, you know, cleanliness, germaphobe, OCD thing where, like, Frank touches him and he freaks out. Uh, and Frank and Houlihan clearly tell, like, what he's up to. Uh, cause like not one of his best schemes, honestly. Yeah. Like they buy it at first, but then like that same afternoon they're like, no, he's playing us. Right. Sorry for all this clipping, by the way, we'll get this figured out. Uh, we'll normalize the audio. So yeah, uh, the, they give Hawkeye a, a, a psychiatrist. They call an army psychiatrist in to give. <gasps> hey, who hasn't Houlihan fucked? Because it, it seems like she's and fucked everyone in the army. Yes, if if they need a character to have existing connections with someone else in the army, either they're an old friend of Henry's, who apparently everyone knows him, or an old fuck of Houlihan's. Um, it's, it's really unclear to me, actually. Like, Houlihan is, like, painted as a, like, a very competent figure, but also at the same time, they want to imply that she's only major because she's fucked up. Oh, that's... Fucked fuck, her way up. Fucked upwards. Uh, and 
I don't like like this Margaret is not the same character that is in the rest of the show and mm-hmm. it's just like so weird and I just want to get anyway we'll get there in like a year um so yeah they they get this psychiatrist in there's honestly kind of was this scene funny or not where uh in the first like therapy session with the psych uh Hawkeye tries to convince the psych that he's gay for Frank I don't really remember any of the jokes I just remember that was the premise of it Hey, I guess just... there weren't many jokes other than the premise, but I did like the joke where he's like, and he doesn't even know I I keep his shaving brush under my pillow at all times, and he lifts up his pillow and he had planted the shaving brush there to convince the psych, psych- ugh, the psychiatrist even further. Hey, I just realized something. Yeah. So the whole reason that Hawkeye and Trapper are appealing to Frank is because Henry left and Frank is in charge of the base. Yeah. But then Henry catches wind of what's going on, and he calls in a meeting with Frank and Houlihan in the psych. So, uh, that seems like a ding, CinemaSin. Yeah, wait a minute. Because there's this whole scene where, uh, like, the psych is, like, trying to figure out what's going on with Hawkeye, and they are called into the office with Henry. Yeah, and Henry's just back. See, that is weird. But, um, anyway, Henry just is even more of an asshole because he's like, um, oh no, Hawkeye's not, uh, Hawkeye's not crazy, he's just funny. Hey, Frank, remember that all the times he's physically abused you? God, that was so fucking funny. Uh, Frank is like, yeah, it sure was. Uh, anyway, they're planning to have Hawkeye committed to, like, they're saying he'll be put on under observation which i assume is code for thrown in the loony bin yeah so like the psychiatrist comes to the conclusion that like okay hawkeye is obviously not a cannibal and he's obviously not gay yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) um uh but he is doing weird shit around camp and hawkeye's like yeah because i'm fucking stressed out and apparently no one accepts that as an answer. Hey, you ever get treated for depression in this country? Anyway. They decide to get the psychiatrist out of their hair some somehow. And they choose a way. Uh, yeah, so... You mentioned you were going to put a content warning on this episode. Content warning, sexual assault. Maybe, like... Yeah, it, in incredibly unsympathetic comedic depiction of sexual assault uh, in which Radar sets up Radar sits down with the therapist at lunch and is convincing the therapist that Houlihan behind him is looking over at Radar and giving him a wink Mm mm-hmm and um and that whenever he turns around to see she's like embarrassedly turning away yeah and then that evening uh trapper john he does the old like sign switch trick like he goes to Houlihan's tent he swaps the sign for visiting officer's tent which you'd think the psychiatrist would have already visited already to like drop his shit off earlier in the day yeah i don't know 
Um, but yes, so... He goes there, he, and he, then he, Trap switches the plates back. And so, you know, he goes into the um, quarters being like, Oh man, Houlihan's fucking radar, and not me. Uh, and And lays down, but then... You know, Trap puts the sign back so Houlihan doesn't know that when she goes into the tent and starts undressing, the horny psychiatrist is there and he thinks that she just walked into the visitor quarters tents and is giving him a strip tease. And he goes in. Uh, there is a confrontation. And the part I hated the most, like, I was already, like, uncomfortable but then it was the part where, like, Hawk and Trap go in and, like, do their, like, like harmless prankster gate up to the door, opens it up, welcomes all the, the concerned people in that are hearing, hearing Houlihan yell and are just like, ah, jo job well done. Two birds, one stone, truly. <sighs> uh... So yeah, the the psychiatrist is uh, essentially gaslit. Oh well, you know he he did his own actions and was uh, extremely unaware at you know Houlihan's not wanting his advances. But either way, he was tricked into doing this and is now presumably getting dishonorably discharged and his career ruined. All <laughs> man. But, but then they say the, they say the title of the episode. Yeah, they they and they send them out with. I'll pack you some bananas. I'll get you some crackers and nuts. Hey, can he say that? This wasn't a very funny episode. No, it wasn't. It was mostly just like cruel. Okay, there is there there is one good joke at the end, which is that. Uh, Hawkeye and Trapper do somehow get R&R &R approved after all oh, that. Oh, yes, yes. But then just as their jeep is about to leave, a bunch of casualties arrive, and they're just like, oh, fuck it. Let's yeah. go save some lives. What the fuck, man? Uh, I, so, like, I want to look up the uh, writing credits for these, some of these episodes to see what they have in common with the movie. And also, I need to, I want to look up some behind-the-scenes stuff on... Because I know at some point in this show, I don't know if near the beginning where they were mining this stuff or near the end when they were running out of ideas and just grasping for anything, they would commonly go to war doctors that were in Korea at the time and ask them for some stories. The one, like, the moose from last week and this one... They have a feeling of someone at the VFW post that my mom bartended at telling me a story and not realizing that what they were telling me is actually, like, fucked up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, and I'm looking forward to when we just get some uh, zany comedy back in here. Or at least some poignant commentary. Which I thought the last episode was, you know. Absolutely. I wouldn't give it a Pulitzer or anything, but... But, yeah. Like I said uh, from uh, last time, 
probably at some point because this is the last one we're doing before i'd start putting them up because i just wanted a little bit of a buffer in case you missed a week or something yep um we'll probably be asking for like questions or something i gotta like set up a inbox somewhere uh you know you'll you'll know when you know you can follow us on twitter or something if you're listening to this this early you probably already do anyway is that it I think that's it. Oh shit, I gotta hit the button, don't I? Got anything else to say? Uh, war is bad. So true, bestie. Hey, welcome back to Draining the Swamp. I'm Zach. I'm Max. E. Well, sometimes I'm just Max. Either's fine. You're tilting me with this. <laughs> I'm sorry, do you want to start <laughs> no, over no, again? no, 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 no. Oh, see, you said start over again. You gave it away. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now we have to... Okay. I I do want to start over, I think. (laughs) Third time's a charm.